This is What's In with Olaplex. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. Together, we break down all things beauty, health, and wellness and discuss not just what's out, but also what's in. Today, I am joined by Danae Mercerici, a health journalist and content creator to talk about what's in and what's out with social media filters. We're going to dive into all things filters, the real, the fake, and what's important. Danae's content focuses on self-love, sharing real, unedited images of herself to promote self-acceptance. She's been at it for over a decade, writing for publications like Women's Health, Men's Health, Cosmo, and CNN. Her followers love her fresh, straight-up style and often hilarious approach to trending topics. And if you want to stay on trend, follow us at What's In Podcasts on social media and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Danae, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I actually am dying to jump into everything because filters are a very interesting topic when it comes to um, social media. And I really want to get to know what your relationship with social media filters are, because you have a quite the history with this. Well, I, I would say my relationship with social media in general is, is very connected to my understanding of body image. I mean, I, when I was 19, I got really sick with an eating disorder and social media really played into that it escalated the eating disorder very quickly. At the time, it was sort of Tumblr and forums. And I leaned on those quite heavily to become ill and sicker and sicker and sicker. And, you know, at the time, Instagram wasn't really a thing. TikTok wasn't even a dream. But now social media is is so prevalent and so powerful. And I imagine for so many young girls, it is still playing that role, but in, in an even more integrated way. So this brings me to filters. Fortunately, I was more of an adult in my kind of late 20s by the time filters became a big thing. But even then, when I when I started on social media, I was editing my body. I was making myself smaller. I was shrinking my waist. I was doing all those things. Over time, that changed. And now I, I speak quite strongly about self-love and, and feeling confident in your skin, whatever that looks like for you. And I don't edit my body anymore. But I, I do really try to pull back the curtain so people can understand what's happening, whether that's with filters or body editing or posing or all the different things that we do see on social media that maybe make us feel inferior, unworthy. I definitely feel as though over the years, for sure, things have certainly changed when it came to social media and filters. I'm actually kind of blown away by the capabilities now. It's stunning. You can look like a completely different person than what you are in reality. Well, I think technology now, it is in the last year, in the last year, it has jumped in leaps and bounds in a way that we haven't seen since the introduction of the web. I, I was reading this morning, the New York Times have a really great article out about how it was, I think it was Google's head of AI has just resigned and was saying, oh, in a way, I kind of regret my my role because of what's happening now. And what's happening is, you know, a thousand different things. But one of the things we're seeing is that AI, which is artificial intelligence, is being used for filters. So some of TikTok's newest filters use AI. 
many people listening to this will probably be familiar with traditional filters, where if you put you know, your hand in front of your face, the filter will break, right? Like the dog ears will fall you'll, off. You'll or... find eyelashes on your hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. The eyelash will slide down your cheek. But now, now there, there's AI filters that are pulling from a database of thousands of images. So in real time, they will adjust so that suddenly that eyelash doesn't fall off. Those lips don't change. And it makes it incredibly, incredibly difficult to tell what's real and what's not. I have to admit, you know, being the mother of boys, now granted their age ranges from 25 to 13 now, normally when it comes to filters, I'm not particularly concerned. However, I do see how body image really does impact them. Um, I have a young son that is relatively slender and but yet incredibly tall. It's genetic within our family. And yeah, sometimes he'll see something and it's like, I can't ever be like that. And it's such a hard expectation. How do you think as a parent now, when you're looking at filters, it was one thing when it impacted us, but now it's a totally another beast when we have kids. Oh gosh, I think becoming a parent for me it's it's sort of changed everything about my understanding of the world. You know, I I believe so strongly in in finding your balance as you navigate social media and that's true for me as a as a 36-year-old adult, but when it comes to little girls or oh my gosh, my daughter, they're going to be facing technology that we can't even imagine. And again, we're seeing that with AI, we're seeing that with there's a, a kind of a new bot called ChatGPT. I'm not sure how many listeners are familiar, but the technology there, it's, it's using AI to create a, a very human-like technology that, again, we've never really seen. And that is the world that my baby is going to grow up in. By the time she is five years old, I can't even imagine what she will be facing. I think it's, it's going to be so much harder to trust anything you see online. And yet, at the same time, the online world is going to become very much more our and her world. So I think it's it, it will be about teaching her how to how to navigate that and also how to feel comfortable with who she is when the phone closes, when the filter turns off. No, I agree 110%. Let's go into what's out with filters. Like, what are your thoughts? Let's talk about what's out with everything. What do you think? I don't like how on TikTok, if you if you click like a trending sound, right? Like if I see a video and it has a great audio and I think, oh, I want to use that audio for a video. So I click on the audio and quite often TikTok will apply a filter to my face. Like not just the beauty mode, it is an actual filter. And for me, it does things that maybe I've been self-conscious about. And some days I feel good. Some days I don't like my nose is not a TikTok nose and my forehead is not a TikTok forehead. And if constantly apps like that are reminding me in, in a way that I don't seek out, you know, I'm not looking at those filters because they're not healthy for me and my mental health. I think that's a really, a really dangerous. And I think it's very complicated because it took me a little while to figure out that part. So there are certain TikToks that I've made that I had a filter on and I had no idea. Like I like admittedly, I don't pay too much attention to it. I've gotten really good at lighting over the years. So I know what lighting works for me. And sometimes I just think, oh, look, it came out really like a certain way. 
when I started realizing, I'm like, oh, I don't like this. And I, I started to click out, opt out. With that being said, there are times that I do opt in just for funsies. I think I did one recently. They had that whole bold glamour thing that was like over the top thing. I did it because I was sick that week and I thought it was hysterical. At this point in my life, I'm kind of like, take me as I am. I mean, the amount of times I go on without makeup. But in the same breath, it's almost like I can't help but sit there and get concerned about how people are feeling about themselves, whether it be a young girl or a woman that is in my age range that is sitting there going, well, why don't I look like that? Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Well, first, I want to say, I mean, you just said that sometimes you use filters. Like sometimes I use filters and I want to throw that out there. Like there is no shame in showing up however that feels to you that day, you know, and sometimes you don't feel like putting on makeup, but you want to show up looking like you have makeup on. Why wouldn't you just click? Where's the difference, right? Like there's no shame. And so I, I'm a real big believer in not judging women or, or girls for whatever they choose to do, as long as it's kind of true to them. I would say my advice is just to make sure that you're comfortable with whatever happens when that filter turns off. Because at the end of the day, like you cannot always see yourself in your world through the filter. Maybe that means just putting down the phone and actually stepping away from the mirror and doing something that makes you feel good or you're passionate about or makes you kind of forget your body as an object and you just instead you're living your life. I think that's one of the things I love about your social media channels because of the fact that you have this great sense of humor where you'll do the filter and and all the different things, but also show reality as well. And I think that is important for women to see because the truth is I have stretch marks on my stomach from giving birth to three lives, three lives. Uh, there's nothing wrong with the fact. And yeah, I'll wear a bikini because of the fact that I don't care. That is my body. It, it created life. But I also know that people get distracted by those things, don't they? It's really amazing. I, I'm i stunned by it sometimes. So yeah, there is this whole societal pressure to hide something that you might not have a problem with simply because you don't want them to get distracted by something that I guess they would perceive as a flaw. I don't know. And I think there is there's a lot of pressure on women to show up in a very certain way. Yes. You know, it's a, it's, it's a huge pressure and it doesn't go away as, as you get older. And it goes both ways, doesn't it? For instance, I get Botox. I have no problem talking about that. But there was a time before I started get, getting Botox. I really truly believe that it's important to be a good steward to women and, and making sure that they don't feel bad about getting older. I feel great about getting older. But in the same breath, this is something I was doing for me. It's not like I was doing it for a significant other or anybody else. I was doing it for me. But I hesitated because of the judgment that others would have on me. Isn't that like a weird, gosh, women need to really work on that, don't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we do. I learned a whole new form of judgment since becoming a mom in particular. I think, you know, everyone talked about mom shaming or or such before before I became a mom. Oh gosh, yeah. And I was like, no, it, it'll be fine. I'm I'm used to to judgment. But 
you know, I've had to think about that a lot, right? Like, where does this anger come from? Especially anger from other women. And whether it's about the choices we make regarding, say, using filters or not, posing or not, wearing shapewear or not, um, I don't know, feeding our children, I don't know, mashed potatoes or not. And I think, I think so much of it comes from a place of, of both love and even, even frustration. You know, as, as women, we're taught really messed up lessons about being in competition with each other, about how we interact with each other. So I think it's, it's part of that. And then it, maybe it is, it is love, right? It's coming from, I want the best for future generations. I want the best for you. And so I'm going to push my opinion on you. And so it gets, it gets really messy. But I do think that some people do it because of their own insecurities. Um, there probably was a time in my 20s when I first became a mom and I was trying really hard to kind of figure that and navigate that out that I might have been judgmental of another because of the fact that I was doing it a certain way and I thought this was the way and they were doing it differently. You know, but maybe, <laughs> maybe that came from you so aggressively loving your children. I like to think it comes from a good place. That's how I've, that's how I've navigated it. <laughs> I love that you do. I love that you do. You can't be perfect for everything in every moment. And I think that that's something that women often have to live up to. And that's where filters also becomes into play because we want to present the world that we have this perfect everything. When in all honesty, sometimes we're a hot mess and that's okay. It's okay to be a hot mess. It's okay to have wrinkles. It's okay to have stretch marks and uh, the belly that you get after you have babies and cellulite. They're all good. That's human body. Exactly. And I think it's it's just about being kind to however you show up today. And that's going to be different to how you're showing up tomorrow. And maybe your body image is different. Maybe your mental health is different, but just trying to be respectful of like, however you're showing up today. Do you think as like, as a womanhood kind of club, I guess you would call it, I don't know, <laughs> as women, do you think it's better for us to be making sure that we're being very transparent about our social media filters. This is one of the things I actually do like about TikTok is the fact that automatically that filter and it shows that you have a filter on. Do you think that is probably a route that most women should do? So that way we're not kind of, we're not pretending, we're having fun. There's a difference. Yes and no. I think it would be a beautiful world if everyone was automatically transparent about what filters they use. But I think one, it's a really slippery slope, right? Is it, okay, she's using filters, but has she put on a ring light? Does she have makeup on? Does she have a professional dermatologist who has given her great skin through treatments? Like mm -hmm. where does that stop? Right. And I, yes. and I also think like, we have to be really honest about the fact that the internet can, it can be mean for whatever reason, it can be really mean. A lot of people are in that space to handle some of the hate that they would get if, if say they didn't have the filter on all the time. And that's a really screwed up situation. I mention it because I, I don't ever want to shame another woman for using a filter and maybe not being transparent. We don't know where her head is. We don't know what's going on and, and we don't know what kind of DMs she's been receiving. I think we can both agree. The biggest thing that I think is what's out with this trend um, with filters is definitely the judgment that we have all kind of placed on not only each other, 
but ourselves as well. And we probably should be a little bit kinder. (laughs) I think that's a, a beautiful way of putting it. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about what's in. Like, what do we think is the in, like, what we love to see what's in that's for the greater good, yes, but also internally for all of us to really embrace, which I think is the most important thing. What do you think about the whole um, no filter trend? I mean, do you think that that hashtag no filter is something we were kind of talking about it, but like, maybe it should be something that's pushed forward a little bit more? Because I'm seriously considering putting that on my social mail. <laughs> well, you know what I love within the no filter trend is this trend of, of certain makeup bloggers, vloggers, uh, kind of makeup artists who have started to show what makeup looks like on unfiltered skin. And it, it seems like such an obvious thing. Like, of course, we know what this looks like, but we don't. We don't. And I, you know, I watched um, this really lovely makeup video the other day with the woman who has nose pores like mine, right? Like the kind of like slightly bumpy nose pores that sometimes you want to squeeze in the mirror. Like that's what, that's what my nose looks like. And it was the <laughs> first time I saw foundation going on a nose like that. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, that's amazing. Or I, I saw another wonderful video where uh, a woman was doing, it was half filter and half not filter on her face, putting on makeup. That's nice. And again, it just, it really... We're so used to like a very smooth and poreless makeup aesthetic. Which honestly, I mean, pores are a functional thing. You kind of need them. So why are we trying to erase them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Who decided these are bad things, right? Like I have pores and I don't, I don't wear foundation very often because it goes into the pores and then it just, it doesn't work for my skin. It's been really refreshing to like see women just kind of showing that. It would be really lovely to see a lot more authenticity with that. There is something incredibly empowering about showing up just as you. In, in the same way, I, you know, I was I was traveling recently and I kind of just stopped wearing makeup for a while. That was empowering. I, you know, I I didn't feel like my sparkliest version of myself, but the truth is I, I wasn't thinking about that. You know, I was, I was doing other things. I was living my life and it, it felt good to, to know that I could still step out the door and the world doesn't stop. And, you know, so I, I love the idea of kind of challenging ourselves to show up in ways that empower us. I like seeing a mix. When I was younger, I almost never wore makeup. In all honesty, I didn't even know how to use it. (laughs) I had no idea. I was terrible at it. So it wasn't until, funny enough, until I really started going to beauty school, there was a really amazing um, makeup artist that was working at our school. And I did not go until my late 30s where she taught me how to use makeup. I love it. It's fun. It's like painting. And as oh, an artistic so person, it is fun to do those things. It's got like, ooh, look at this great effect I can make. I mean, that's fun. But with that being said, I also don't want to be putting myself out in the world as that is how I am always. I am often going on things with no makeup on when I first ma- wake up simply because one, get used to it. That's <laughs> This is who I am. Um, and two, there's going to be days that I just don't want to wear it. Um, to me, it's like putting on a certain outfit. Sometimes I want to wear joggers. Sometimes I want to wear a power suit or a gown. Like, I don't do that too often. But you know what I mean? Like, 
it's fun to dress up, but not all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I talk about wearing the shorts a lot, right? Because I, it's something I struggled to do until I was older um, because I do have cellulite on my legs. I've always had cellulite on my legs since I was a teenager. And for a long time, that made me think that I couldn't wear certain things because, oh my gosh, people are going to see my legs and they're going to know I have cellulite. I am now at a stage where quite often I will wear shorts just because I want to. I've got them on. I'm wearing joggers, but under my joggers, I have shorts. That's what I wore to the gym. But some days I don't want to wear shorts. I wear leggings and that's okay too. So I think I, I agree with you. I think a mix of these things is is beautiful and again, really empowering. So when it comes to filters as a whole, and admittedly, I do have some opinions. Like I do think the face ones are kind of, to me, they're just funny. They're just funny. And I, I don't know why I find them funny, but I do. When it comes to the ones for your body, I have some issues with it. It is something that makes me very uncomfortable. I would love to see as a trend going forward that there are a lot more people embracing not getting involved with those kind of filters because in the long run, that is a commentary on body positivity. It's a commentary on the the wonderful diversity that is out in the world when it comes to women and that there should not be some kind of beauty standard that only a tiny bit of people actually can fit into. What are your thoughts about the body filters? Ah, it's a good question. Body filters are getting so smart, so smart. So I imagine many listeners to this podcast are used to the idea of like editing, editing your, your body in a picture, right? You use whatever app and you shrink this and you enhance that and you grow this. Now it's so easy to edit your body in video in a way that doesn't break. So I can move my hand up and down my waist, but shrink my waist. I can make my waist you know, I have quite a, a straight body. <laughs> I could make my body an hourglass. I could pull that waist in and pop those hips out and make my chest bigger. And I can move my arm up and down the side of my body. You can't tell that I wow. changed myself. And I was looking actually at, a, at a, one of the biggest video editing apps yesterday. And a couple of weeks ago, they launched a new video editing function where with one click, you can grow your butt. And with one click, you can grow your boobs. And now they have a new function that with one click, and they've just released this with one click, you can have a beautiful neck in video, in video. These aren't, these aren't photos, these wow. are videos. And I was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know neck was a thing, but it's a thing. It's a thing that's big enough that they've made it a one click option. I can't wrap my brain around this with my mouth open. I'm like, a <laughs> beautiful neck. Like, wow. All right. My, I mean, I really like my baby doesn't even have much of a neck right now. And I think she's beautiful. So come on. <laughs> See, the thing is, is that, again, it's fitting into a standard that I don't understand. I don't understand it. Um, when I look at so many different women and men of different body types, there's such beauty in all of it. I, Where is this coming from? Who is dictating this is what it is? Can we make a new beauty standard? Well, they they just did. To take your joke, but to flip it in a horrifying way, it's it's one of those things about beauty that is constantly changing and we see the technology changing too. There's been a push in the last year, last kind of year and a half towards extreme thinness again. 
And we've seen that with, you know, now the rate of weight loss medicines is, is shooting up quite drastically. It kind of off-label weight loss medicines. And it's it's because there is now a trend to being skinny and skinnier. Whereas for the last, I don't know, five years, we had this quite bootylicious era. If anyone's listening and struggling with their body today, I think this is one of the most powerful lessons we can take away is like, even if you reach some version of perfection, tomorrow that that won't be the same standard so don't don't chase don't chase their bar cuz they're always going to be changing it i kid around about the fact when i was growing up it always seemed like whenever a new trend came out, my body had morphed into something that was not that. <laughs> so I could never seem to catch it at the right time. Um, I was in the fitness industry for like 20 years um, and doing all the classes and everything. And for me, it was always about having a woman feel really, really strong and happy that they were able to accomplish something that they never thought they could. It was never about the body. However, internally, for me, it was a very difficult journey separating myself from that and not thinking about how people saw me and perceived me. I really feel very passionate about wanting to see more women embrace every body type, every um perceived flaw. The truth is, is I think it as we normalize it, and I gotta say, the younger generation, the Gen Z, they're amazing. They're like celebrating all of that fantastic, um, what we would perceive as imperfections, but really they're embracing it as these beautiful things. I am in love with that. And I really think that this is something, maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I think that this is the trend that's going to be coming forward is more people feeling accepted for who they are. Absolutely. I think that if social media, you know, has, has flaws and has kind of negative impacts, it also can be really positive and powerful and and beautiful. And I think one of the ways it has been really beautiful is allowing for a greater understanding of different bodies, different faces, different forms of expression. It's one of the reasons I first felt confident enough to start showing my cellulite was, you know, I, I saw other people doing things like that. And I was like, oh, their bodies like mine. My body's not broken. I shared it. And I had women in my DMs saying like, oh, your body's like mine. My body's not broken. And so it's it's really powerful in that way. Do you know for years and years, like I would keep myself covered up even when I would go to the beach and I tend to gain tons of weight when I was pregnant. And it wasn't until I moved to Florida and I went to the beach and I was like in my cover up and everything. And seeing these beautiful families of women who were all sizes, wearing their bikinis, whatever, they did not care what anybody thought. It was about being comfortable in their own skin, enjoying the moment with their family. Like they really did not care who was seeing them. From that moment, seeing other women being empowered by their bodies, that I went, oh, I'm just going to accept who I am. I am just going to be comfortable. I'm going to wear what I want, what makes me feel good and enjoy the moment and not get caught up in what everybody else says. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I love that. And I I think growing up in America, I was kind of presented with either you have to keep your body covered or here's here's a naked body of a supermodel or you know a porn star or a woman in an advertisement and it 
creates this really unhealthy understanding of, of what the average female body should look like. And, you know, I, I went last year, two years ago, um, to like a bathhouse in Berlin with a friend of mine who's living there now. And it was incredible because it's just all these people of all sorts of normal human bodies just being naked. Like, but there, there's no meaning attached. There's no purpose attached. They're just existing in their bodies. And in a way there's, that is so powerful to see real human bodies that haven't been retouched or adjusted or kind of posed in the perfect light, just, just existing, right? Like how healthy would that be for so many of us if we had kind of this, this less curated understanding of what the human body is? It does make me think about some of my practices, I have to admit, because I have made choices where like, for instance, I'm self-conscious about my arms, but I like to sit there and say, I don't care if anybody sees it. However, I will cover them so that when I'm having a conversation, I'm trying to get a point across. I don't want them to be distracted by my arms, you know, I which is kind of a silly thing when you really think about it. If they're going to be distracted by that. I it's mean- a human thing, isn't it? And that's that comes back to earlier. You said like we we really need to pull back on the, the judgment that we give to each other. I think we also need to pull back on the judgment we give to ourselves, right? I think what you're doing right here, talking about it is really important. I think educating, especially parents and older generations, because a, a lot of us are pretty ignorant about what's happening, right? Like we aren't on... TikTok. We aren't following these trends. Maybe we're not using chat GPT. We, we don't know what deep fakes mean. Like all this technology that is going to be the world of our children. And if we aren't educated about it, how can we have good conversations with them about it to help them navigate this weird, weird system that they're going to be walking into? I want to thank you for coming on today, Danae. This was such a great conversation. I feel actually like I have a plan after we get off here, how I'm going to handle my social media from this point on. I really do appreciate it. No, well, thank you so much for allowing me to talk. And I I hope it helped. I hope it made your day a little bit better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Danielle Frank. What's In With Olaplex is produced in partnership with Olaplex and Frequency Media. Lizzie Stewart is our producer. Emily Krumberger is our associate producer. Ina Garkusha is our supervising producer. And Michelle Quarry is our executive producer. These episodes are recorded by Dante Hodge and mixed by Matthew Ernest Filler and Claire Bidigari Curtis. Development and strategy by Jessica Olivier, Sara Naz Jababayi, and Sarah Adams. 